Welcome to So Here's the Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Leili Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail, and let's get real. All right, you guys, welcome back to So Here's the Thing. It has been a little bit since we have recorded a podcast interview, and I'm so excited to have my amazing friend Kayla on. I met Kayla, I guess it was a year and a half ago, at the first Imperfect Bosses camp, which was just like life-changing for me, and she was a big part of that just because she's so kind and just so open-hearted, and I love her, so I'm excited to have her on. Kayla is a website copywriter who serves entrepreneurs to better tell their stories and build trust with their own people, and that way they can confidently convert leads into sales. She's super passionate about using her business as a tool for generosity. Like I mentioned, she's just the kindest person. Um, She specifically works to support the restoration of sex trafficking survivors, and she is just just an incredible human being. Uh, I love that she treats every piece of content like a new exciting conversation and conversion experiment. And I am so excited to talk with her today all about website copywriting, content creation, and just business as a whole because she's a brilliant business person. And I think she has so much to offer just within shifting in business and you know just chatting all things business growth. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Kayla. I would love to have you just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Thanks, Laylee. I feel like a lot of that kind of covered it, which is fantastic. But I love that we were able to meet at camp too. And I think what's so fantastic about just being able to connect over the years as well is just being able to see how our businesses have both evolved and just kind of welcoming a little bit more of those evolutions and those changes. I know my business is undergoing a few different changes behind the scenes in 2020, which I'm honestly really excited about because since around 2017 or 2018, most of my business model has been kind of the same. And to be quite honest, I can get kind of bored with that sometimes. Uh, There might be other creatives who are listening who are like, yep, that's me. But just because something is working doesn't necessarily mean that you can't put some tweaks to it so you can give yourself a little bit of variety. So I'm looking forward to doing more of that. But yeah, the vast majority of what I do is helping different entrepreneurs with their copywriting. So whether that is their website copywriting, sales pages, blog posts, newsletters, email sequences, basically all the things. I love that. I think it's so interesting because I feel like people don't know. I said this earlier to you before we started recording, but I feel like I never knew what copywriters could do and just the value in your copy as a business owner and how it is literally everywhere. And every single, (laughs) yeah, like every touch point that you have with potential clients and potential people within your business that is an opportunity for really quality copy. But I also think that it's, in my research, it's really rare to find just incredible high-level copywriters who are who are able to step into the role of writing as though you are your client and not writing the way that that individual copywriter writes, if that makes any sense at all. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like you're almost trying on different brand voices throughout the day. And so I even have some personal techniques that I use to feel like, okay, I'm still able to write in my own voice for my own business, but then I have all these different other brands that I work with that I have to kind of shift gears into their voice. And I even do things as silly sometimes as like actually creating a instrumental playlist with a certain vibe for each one of my clients. So I'm like, okay, this client is like, 
definitely very indie and acoustic. Like I can jam with that. And then this one, I'm like, nah, they got to be more like hip hop and kind of like have a little bit of an oomph and a beat to them. So it's just fun to kind of create some of those things in the background where when people are reading my copy, they're not necessarily knowing that I do some of those fun things to kind of enhance my creative process in the background. But it does definitely help to kind of get me into the zone of, okay, who who is this person? What is their voice? And like you said, more importantly, you know, what are the types of things that their audience cares about? Because I think one of the common misconceptions that people make about copywriting is that it's all about the brand that you're writing for rather than, you know, like, especially when you're DIYing your copywriting, you really should be focusing more on what your audience wants. Cause in the end, they want to hear more about themselves than just about you. <laughs> That is so well put. I think that one thing that was really interesting for me when I, when we met and then I kind of was like looking through your work, which is phenomenal, is that I always felt like whenever I heard the term copywriter, it was, and this is going to sound, well, let's be real. It's so here's the thing. I'm pretty yeah. blunt and honest. Yeah. And <laughs> Tell me what you think. <laughs> sometimes we get, sometimes we get a, just a little sassy on this show, but I really felt like almost almost all the copywriters, which isn't saying a lot, but the ones that I was interacting with or that I was seeing, they were all really trying so hard to make their copies sound like quote unquote approachable to the mm. point where I was like, it almost looks unprofessional and I don't want to sound like that. So I don't want you to make me sound like that. Or, but I think, I think they were trying to show that like, look, here's my brand voice. I'm pretty chill. And like, I'm going to use words like, Hey girl, I got you boo and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's not how I want to talk to my clients. Yeah. So <laughs> it's almost like trippy. It's almost very like meta, like as a copywriter, what personality do you put out there? And then when I found your work, I was like, Oh my gosh, it's so clean. It's so professional. It's so put mm. together. I feel like this girl can really get into people's heads because she's not trying to push her own voice onto sure. me. So like, do you, do you see that at all when you work with like other copywriters or when you see their work, are you like, Hey, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Let's just get totally real. When I started like right before I kind of transitioned from social media consulting to copywriting in my second year of full-time business, I had the exact same problem where I was like, okay, I know I'm a great writer. I always have been. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this copywriting thing. Cause I felt like people were either kind of like you're talking about where people are either like super like casual and also sometimes like overly like feminine sometimes. And that's just kind of like a specific style on that side, the Hey girl, Hey, um, which I like to call it. And then <laughs> there's also the other style that like, if I could write in it, it would be awesome, but I just can't, which is the really witty, sassy, sometimes explicit kind of style. That's just like very punchy. And both of those styles, I think for the right audience can be fantastic. But I think right when you're seeing such an extreme on both ends, there, then for someone like me, where I'm coming in and feeling like, well, I definitely am somewhere maybe in the middle of those styles. I felt like, I don't really know if there's a market here, but what I ended up finding, which is really interesting, is that after launching my website, I actually had people in my inbox and leads that were telling me, I like that you don't write like this person or this person. And so it was very interesting to me that one, sometimes I think you just have to launch the thing and believe in yourself and believe in what you're putting out there. But two, listen to other people because there probably are other people like yourself who don't want to sound like 
a certain person either in your industry or somebody that is pretty well known. So definitely just take a little bit of time before you start writing to actually understand what your writing voice and even what we call tone is. And then once you start to figure that out, then you'll be able to find, okay, this is a little bit more of what my style is. And sometimes you find what you want to sound like by also understanding what you don't want to sound like. (laughs) I love that advice. I think that's so on the nose. Like sometimes just cutting out the things you don't want really helps provide so much clarity. Um, Okay. So I have a question for you in terms of what would you advise somebody to do who maybe has never worked with a copywriter, but Mm. feels like they have room to grow and that they're, they're losing like opportunity for conversions within their copy, within their website, like where do they start? Would you advise finding a copywriter like yourself Mm. right off the bat? Or is there like something else that you would advise them to do first? Sure. That is such a good question. And I think to your point, I think it depends on kind of where your budget is being allocated to, because I understand that not everybody is at the point where they're able to invest in that custom copywriting experience. And so what I would say, if you're kind of a little bit before that point and you are still maybe in the DIY stage of things, but you want to maybe up-level stuff a little bit, one thing you can do is try to audit your own website. And so you could hire extra help. And then of course, that will probably be at a more affordable price point than actually having somebody do the custom work for you. But even if you want a copywriter to kind of look over your website to be able to give you some of those conversion, I guess, like techniques and different things that you can fix on your own website, that's really great. Otherwise, like, Google and YouTube and all of those things are your best friends. You can look at some website audit checklists and different things that other people have offered before. I know that there are plenty out there. I'm sure Pinterest even has some that like actually look beautiful too. So (laughs) you can print those out and kind of just audit through your own website, but being able to also maybe send your website to not necessarily just friends in your industry and those sorts of things. I think that sometimes, although they can give you great encouragement, they may not necessarily have the same eyes that people who are your ideal clients are going to have, right? Because if your friends say the website is awesome, that's great. But in the end, you really might not necessarily be trying to attract them. You might be wanting to attract more of your ideal clients. So if you can find people that you have already created a relationship with who are kind of people that fit that ideal client description, it's awesome if you can go back to them and say, hey, you know, are, are you willing to maybe look at my website? Maybe these are people that you have been seeing are loyally following you on social media, those sorts of things. And I always like to kind of sweeten the deal. Anytime I'm asking for somebody to kind of go out of their way to do something for me, I always try to do and offer something for them too. So whether that's a like, hey, I have an expertise in this specific area, I'll help you out in this way, or I can give you feedback maybe if you're working on something else, or hey, can I promote something that you're working on so that you don't feel like it's just a huge ask, but rather it's just a collaboration that you're both able to have and have that relationship moving forward. But I think that those things can help. And I guess as my last tip that I would say is, If you feel like your website copywriting is just not necessarily sounding like you, which is something I hear a lot, try to first read things out loud to see if it, because I feel like sometimes when we're writing on the page and we're not reading something out loud, it can just feel like, oh, okay, that feels good. But then when we read it out loud in our own voice and we hear ourselves, we're like, I would never say that. Why am I saying this in my copy? So I think if you can just have maybe those three tips as just a place to start, I think that that can be, yeah, just a fantastic way to kind of start the new year. 
Oh my gosh. Those are such awesome tips. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for sharing those. I really love that. Like reading it out loud. I do that sometimes. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you really do think who would say that? It definitely is not me. (laughs) I think that's a really, really good clarity finding piece of advice there. So I would love to hear a little bit about kind of how, like, if you don't mind sharing a little bit of your process about how you basically like get into the mindset and the voice of someone else, because I feel like that is something that makes people and by people, I mean, me has made me in the past really wary of like, investing in working with a copywriter. Now that I have, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I had a content creator and somebody else to write my copy like years ago. It would have Mm. seemed so much heartache and headache. But like how I would love to hear your process of like, how do you become some, basically become someone else, like ghostwrite for someone or create their web copy? Yeah. So I think for me, like a lot of other people, when you start to work with someone, it kind of starts with a questionnaire. And a lot of the questions that I have on there are very, very specific to, you know, everything as meta as you're talking about, where we're talking about, okay, what are the types of words that you love? What are the types of words that you avoid? You would be so surprised some of the words that people would like to avoid. And sometimes they are so hilarious. I can't even tell you. Like I know, I remember, I'll never forget. There was one person who said, if I ever see the phrase teamwork makes the dream work in my copy, like I'm going to scream. And so for me, I'm like, well, now I know that's fantastic. (laughs) I wasn't planning to put that in your copy, but that's great. So I think allowing clients to really, instead of thinking about the overall, like, Oh, what's my brand voice? And Oh, what's this like thing that feels almost intangible actually asking them questions that are going to help them unpack what they already know, I think really helps people to feel a little bit more confident in how they're going to move forward. I also think picking different words, right? So a lot of us have come up with what's called like those, what I like to call like the personal brand word bank. So it's choosing a word bank of words that you like to use. And again, when we're talking about thinking about the way that we talk, because sometimes that can help us figure out the way that we want to write. And so you can start to think about, okay, what are the words that my like friends and family almost like kind of tease me about that I use all the time? Like for me, some of my words are like stewardship and intentional and and things like that. So I want to make sure that I'm using words that sound like me because I'm actually using them in normal conversations too. So that's a good way to kind of start as well. But otherwise, when you're just trying to get into the voice of kind of your brand, I think what can be difficult sometimes is some of us are going to have personal brands, right? So it's, it's pretty based on ourselves. But then a lot of times I get the question, well, what in the world do you do if you have a kind of a, a studio or an agency or just kind of like a brand that is underneath a company name? And something that I like to say is still think about your brand kind of as, as a collective or as a person and giving it a personality. And so you can still use those same techniques as your brand, but instead of it being so personal with the kind of like I voice, you can turn it to the we voice, but still give it those personality traits that are going to make it come alive and feel a lot more human than like, this company is built upon da da da, you know, Um, (laughs) because people don't love listening to that. But instead, uh, yeah, just being able to to pack a little bit more personality into all of your copy, that's going to be a great way to feel like you're, you have a little bit more of that like solidified voice. That's super helpful. I feel like a lot of times we do tend to try to 
kind of create a voice that fits into like the mold of what's currently happening. Mm-hmm. So I think just being really aware of, of your voice as an individual before you even start the process. And like, sure. like you said, having activities or kind of like assignments, like write down your most commonly used words. Like I use a lot of abbreviations in everyday <laughs> life. It's super annoying to some people, but I, <laughs> like you said, my, like my friends and family will tease me about it, but it's, it's a big part of the way that I talk. And so that's, that's really interesting to see too. Okay. So I would love to hear kind of a little bit more about how you mentioned that you're kind of like in a little shift mm. in your own kind of business. And I would love to kind to hear how you're balancing serving your clients and still kind of making that shift for yourself. Absolutely. I think it's been difficult because I'm almost at a part of my business where, you know, I'm going into my fifth year, which is absolutely amazing. I think there's a part of me that's still kind of surprised that this thing is going and trucking along and it feels absolutely amazing. But at the same time, a lot of those questions come, which is, okay, now that this is a sustainable, profitable thing, what do we do with this? And to be honest, that question for about two years was really just kind of halting my progress. And I found myself in almost this like reflective storm. If anybody knows the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram four wing three. And so it was just a very interesting time of me feeling like, okay, there are all of these things that I really want to go out and do, but I also have to feel super aligned with where they're going in order for me to get started. So it was almost kind of like this back and forth motion of starting to get an idea, taking a step out in faith, and then realizing really quickly, nah, this is not what I thought that it was going to be and then having to regroup and go through that process again and again. And so finally kind of going into 2020, I think what really helped me is realizing that no matter how far along I am in my business, I am not required to know everything. I don't need to have everything figured out. And I think being able to go back to, okay, what are the things that I know that I need in order to be honestly just a healthy person doing the work that I'm doing? Because I feel like if I'm mentally healthy, then my business is healthy because all of the, all the lead generation and all the marketing and the different things that other people usually are kind of grinding for, I feel very blessed that that is not something that I've been having to grind for, especially because of all of the kind of foundational work I've done and being in the industry for a while. So now it becomes, okay, now that I can be selective, what is it that I want to do? And sometimes that question can almost be just as debilitating as all the other stuff. But I think, um, yeah, just going into 2020, I've been feeling a lot more hope. And I also have been feeling like, okay, if I do have the opportunity to kind of be like the captain of my ship, and I can steer it wherever I want it to go, how can I do it in still a sustainable way, um, where I can kind of slowly grow toward whatever it is that I'm wanting to do, but taking those daily action steps again, rather than feeling like, oh, okay, that's something future Kayla can handle. And it just keeps going back on future Kayla otherwise. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's so, it's, I'm so interested in this perspective because I think that so often as entrepreneurs and even for example, just this podcast episode, we hone in on like one thing and we're like, this is the one thing that it has to be forever. And when we were chatting and you were saying you're kind of like in this in this time of adding or changing or shifting. Mm -hmm. I just thought, you know, that is so prevalent. I feel like in all of our businesses and just giving ourselves the ability to make changes, I think is so freeing as Mm -hmm. well. Uh, Even though you've spent, you know, five years building this particular, you know, whatever it is that you're doing in your case, copywriting, it doesn't mean that like you can't make that slow shift. And I love that you mentioned that slow growth Mm. mindset. Absolutely. Um, 
yeah, I feel like just we're always kind of like running in a race and trying to jump ahead, 10 steps ahead. And I think when you when you have a slower growth, it allows you to offer quality and uh, just higher level offerings so that when you do make a shift, it makes sense. Absolutely. And I think it also allows you to kind of celebrate some of those milestones along the way because, you know, I really tried to end 2019 looking back at some of the things that I did. I even went as far at one point as to go into each of my like blog posts and each of the website copy pieces that I had written and stuff and actually went to the word count and started adding up all the words and all the things I had done. Because to be honest, I I ended 2019 feeling like I was looking back at my old journal entries and just kind of felt almost the storm of, of some of the just internal thoughts and different things that I was going through at the time and just felt like I am not ending the year this way. Like we definitely have to celebrate. We definitely have to look back at some of the things that were awesome this year that I in that moment was kind of discounting. And so it was really fantastic just to look back, actually look at, okay, what were like the biggest client results that I had that year? And uh, what were some of the notable clients that I worked with? What were some of those numbers? And almost being able to create what I ended up turning into a year in review on my Instagram account became this way for me to realize, like, even in the midst of me feeling like from the out of like internally, I felt like I wasn't necessarily doing all that I could. And I felt like I was quote unquote, like stunting my growth by taking the time to reflect and and doing the things that I did. There were still so many different things that I was able to do and so many people I was able to work with. And so it almost just kind of dignified the work that at the moment that I was just kind of discounting. So I felt good about that. And I'm kind of trying to take that energy into 2020 to remember that again, I don't have to have things all figured out by the start of the new year or else this new year is trash. But (laughs) instead, uh, I can just kind of think about, okay, what's coming next? And I know for me, what has been helping too is instead of actually doing annual planning like I have done in the past, I'm trying to do the quarterly planning because that feels very doable for me. And then I just kind of pick one big thing I want to do or focus on or launch or whatever each quarter. Um, And then everything around it just kind of can shift from there. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it's interesting that you, that you share that in that way, because even though we say like slow growth, it is slow, it's slow and state steady. But like Mm -hmm. you said, when you look back at like a year in review, you're like, wow, that's actually not quite as slow as I thought it was. I'm just curious since you brought it up and you were saying you counted your words, did you come up with a final word count for the year? I did. I did. I'm trying to remember what it was off the top of my head, but I know it was around Man, I think it was around 240 some thousand words for blog posts. And then I think the website copy was a little bit less. I want to say it was a little bit less than 50,000 words or something like that. So yeah, it, it was one of those things where I think you forget to, to realize kind of just the accumulation of everything you've done. And maybe even for like you lately as a photographer, being able to maybe even count like all the different photos you've edited and stuff. While that's not necessarily like the most important number to end the year with, I do think it makes you realize, wow, like I put in the darn work even on the days where I did not want to do the darn work. So if I can do that, just think about what I can do when I'm feeling like, that passion and that energy and that enthusiasm again. So I think that kind of just almost like sparked a fire in me that I felt like I had kind of been missing because I was just almost in my head quite a bit ending the year. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's really cool. I think I, 
I love this conversation because I feel like we started on copywriting and just kind of like shifted <laughs> into business and life. And it's just, um, it, I love this conversation we're having. Okay. So I have to ask you because it's our signature question. What is your, if you have an unpopular opinion, um, really you could share, I guess two, cause I feel like this has turned into two different topics, but like, <laughs> do you have an unpopular opinion about like copywriting and content creation and all that? And then do you have an unpopular opinion on, uh, shifts in your business and shifts in your personal life? Oh, yeah. I would say the unpopular opinion, maybe with copywriting. I mean, one of them was going to be what we already talked about, which was talking about how like you don't need to sound like all the other voices that you feel like you need to. So like if you don't cuss, don't put a cuss word in there. Or like if you don't ever say, um, hey, girl, hey, don't say it. Because I, I remember walking down the hallway and realizing like it just at my apartment talking with a few different of my neighbors as like, I always address people as like with hi there just all the time. And so that's what I've been using in my copy from there on out. So I, hopefully people will just be able to listen a little bit more to those things. But otherwise I would say my other unpopular opinion maybe for copywriting is that people think it's all about the words and they just never think about strategy, to be honest. And I think even if you're kind of doing all of the background work of like figuring out what your voice is and all of those things, it's so easy for people to put a hyper focus on their offer and the solution that it is. And that's a fantastic thing. But if they don't necessarily go back and talk about the problems or talk about the struggles or put themselves in the shoes of other people that they're really trying to offer the solution to, I think sometimes a lot of that can be lost along the way. And so hopefully when people are listening to this, they can remember that usually kind of the quote unquote rule in copywriting is to always start by putting yourself in your audience's shoes, really address what those problems are. Of course, do it in an ethical way. We see copywriting in all sorts of different ways, but do it in an ethical way that you can stand behind and put your name behind. But then of course, transition then into what your solution is, intro yourself, talk a little bit more about you, but definitely always make sure that you are introducing your people before you're introducing yourself. And I would also add, do that on your about page. I have been to so many about pages where it's all about the creator. And that's awesome that you want people to learn more about you, but definitely add more about your people because they also want to know that they're in the right place when they're going to your about page. So boom. Those are my unpopular opinions for copywriting. <laughs> I love that. I especially love your last one because I, I totally agree. I tell people that all the time whenever we have like one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions and people ask me like, can you audit my site? I'll be like, I understand that it's an about page about you, but it's really not about you. It's about how yeah. you serve other people who are about to invest in you. So thanks for sharing that. And then did you have a second? Did you have another one? Oh man, my unpopular opinion for business growth. I think one of them is that people don't necessarily, I feel like, right, there's this whole conversation about niching and this seems weird to come from a copywriter because it is actually easier to create really great copy when you niche down. But I think something that people do not talk enough about is that you don't necessarily only have to niche by industry. You can also niche by like working style and communication style. So what I mean by that is I have a lot of people come to me who are, who are, let's say designers and they're like, I don't want to just work with photographers because that just seems crazy in five years that I've only been working for, with photographers, right? A lot of us are going to want a little bit more variety than that. So in those kind of instances, I say, okay, even if it's not necessarily 
photographers, maybe we can start to think about, okay, what are the different like working styles and different traits of those people? And are these people that are going to be willing to kind of be hands off in the process or do they want to be super hands on? Do you want somebody who's highly collaborative or do you want somebody to leave you to just do your thing and work? All of those different things you can add into your copy and create very targeted messaging that's going to be able to help you sell um, more of your packages and it's going to help you with your clients, even though it isn't necessarily like having to kind of have it all boil down to a specific industry that you then feel boxed into. Because to me, I feel like, yes, you want to attract like the specific ideal client that you want to work with, but I also feel like sometimes it helps to have a little bit of wiggle room because at least... I hate feeling boxed into my brand. And I think that that just allows people to feel like they can evolve over time rather than picking something so specific and then needing to change it constantly down the road. That is awesome. I totally agree with that. I feel like, I feel like your unpopular opinions are so thorough that like, (laughs) even if I didn't agree by the end of them, I'd be like, oh yeah. She's right. I just turned it into a debate, I guess. (laughs) But I do, but I actually totally do agree. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. Um, Can you let us know like where our listeners can find you? Obviously you guys can find all of her links in the show notes, but where, where's the best way to connect with you, Kayla? Yeah, I am in my Instagram DMs constantly. So if you just search my name, super original, Kayla Hollitz over there, you'll find me. And then kaylahollitz.com is my website. So there you go. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to so here's the thing podcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review in iTunes. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.